Cinema. Welcome back to War with Cinema. I'm your host, Greg, a local metalhead, and with me is... Part of the Collector. What's up, everybody? And I gave you Vanilla Sky because you made me watch Days of Thunder, so I gave you another Tom Cruise movie. I'm going to take a quote right out of Greg's book right now, just like last week. If you listen to last week's episode, it's the same thing. This is a trap of a movie. <laughs> you know what I mean? Except for the director. I didn't know who the fuck the director was, but uh, you got Tom Cruise, Penelope Cruz, Cameron Diaz, fucking Jason Lee. Jason Lee is one of my favorite actors. Yeah, He's yeah, yeah. the lead in my favorite movie of all time, Ball Rats. Uh, Cameron Crowe is the director. Yeah, I don't know the fuck. If this guy directed a movie after that, I, I hope I didn't see it. But, uh, <laughs> dude, even the fucking bartender in this movie is... It plays parts in other movies. He's he's a, he's a scout in Draft Day. Like I've seen him in other shit now. Uh, just real quick, the director he actually did Almost Famous, Jerry Maguire. Damn, I like Almost singles. Famous. Um, Damn, I like singles. Too. Roadies. Never saw that. Oh, that's a show, ain't it? It might be. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. So he d- he's done some movies. Damn, I like singles too. That's <laughs> a good movie. So yeah, he's pretty famous. Almost Famous is a great fucking movie. Um, I want to say it's either Almost Famous or Jerry Maguire. I don't remember exactly which one, but... I love Jerry Maguire, too. <clears throat> Tom Cruise got with the director and wanted to do this movie, so they kept the whole crew from... It's got to be Jerry Maguire, though. Probably Jerry Maguire, yeah. Be. Yeah, kept that whole crew to do this movie. Yeah. Super interesting. Well, it's weird because um, Jason Lee is in Almost Famous. And then Tom Cruise is in Jerry Maguire, but they're right. both in this one. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, dude, like this movie's just full of fucking uh, big timers. Even the guy that plays like the surgeon slash like puppet master dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, uh, even he's in shit now. Russell Crowe. I mean, God damn, I always oh, do that. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Dude. Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell, bro. Yeah. Fucking love Kurt Russell. Mm-hmm. Completely wasted him in this fucking movie. I'm not gonna lie, that he is pretty wasted in this. Movie. So wasted. You could have got literally anybody, dude. Looking back on this, because I remember I was in like high school or middle school when this fucking movie came right. out, and uh, I don't even remember seeing him in the fucking trailer for this movie. Like, <laughs> do they even put him in the credits? Like, probably not. Uh, he's like, no, it's fine. You don't have to. Yeah, whenever I re- I've seen this before and I rewatched it for the podcast, and I was like, oh yeah, I forgot fucking Kurt Russell's in this. Dude, because like even the first scene, he pops up. She's like, holy shit, there's Kurt Russell, right? <laughs> Kurt Russell, kids. Like, uh, it was fucking mind-blowing. Um, so this is actually, I just found this out, this is actually a remake of a Spanish film called Open Your Eyes. God, it can't be as bad. The Spanish one can't be as bad. So um, Tom Cruise watched Open Your Eyes. He was so, like, inspired. He got with uh, Cameron Crowe to do this movie, and the director of Open Your Eyes gave this one praise for doing such a good job. It's not a bad movie. Like, you know, the horror stories I heard about it was just like how shitty it was. But like after watching it and I watched both endings because when it took me twice, I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to watch that. I'll watch that. There's not that big of a difference. I know. Literally, all they did was fuck Kurt Russell out of his best scene, right? in my opinion. <laughs> you know what I mean? When they're in the bathroom and he's just like, I'm fucking real. I have a daughter. I have a fucking wife. I'm like, where was that shit at in the theatrical gut? Like, yeah. And the, the last line of the movie is there. Right. It's just like that tad difference, but uh, anyways, Tom Cruise, it's so weird, and I think what pissed me off the most about this movie is it's literally like Tom Cruise playing Tom Cruise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not an actor. He's just like <laughs> the head of a fucking uh, book company. This is one of his best roles, in my opinion. Yeah, like he's actually roles. yeah he's actually acting in this one. Yeah. I got to give him that. Like, right. this is probably 
that's the saddest part about it. Like after Days of Thunder and Jerry Maguire, like this is probably like my third favorite Tom Cruise movie. <laughs> no, nah, I'm lying. I like Top Gun and shit, but like it's I don't know. Yeah. It uh like he didn't do a bad job, but like it's kinda like the whole time I'm thinking like, you know, yeah, he got fucked up, right? Mm-hmm. And like his face looks bad, but it's not that bad like, yeah right <laughs> and i mean you're the richest guy like ever bro like you think people aren't gonna fuck you or something like i mean who's what how's your life gonna change by looking like this you know what i mean and then that's what it thinks back it's like oh that's exactly how tom cruise would be like i can't be seen like this i'm tom cruise i can't be seen out like i this. think it's his like insecurity of himself like if he's not pretty he's nobody kind of thing he's kind of like that dude vega from fucking street fighter all oh, right yeah. he's got the scarred face and then he wears that cool ass looking mask Ooh, with his little phantom claw. of the opera mask. yeah and it's just kind of like a like don't look at my face mm-hmm. you know i'm just sort of you know but like even even with all the injuries and shit brother he was still like probably a better looking dude on most days than I am now. And I haven't been in a fucking car accident that's deformed me in any way. So like, it's kind of like the whole movie. I'm just kind of like, fuck this guy. Bro. Right. Tom, even Tom Cruise on his best day is still better looking than me on my best day. <laughs> on his worst. He's yeah, better yeah. On my best. You know yes. what I mean? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I, so what I, is it, What is this movie about Nick? Okay, he is a uh, a boy billionaire. Right. His daddy started a fucking publishing company, and it became like one of the biggest publishing companies in the world. And it owns a shitload of newspapers and magazines and and all that. And his dad dies, mm-hmm. and he gets the keys to the kingdom. He literally says that he goes, "I was handed the keys to the kingdom at like twenty years old or some shit like that." And uh the guys that are on the board, all the dudes that started the company with his dad, they, of course, fucking hate him. And they're like, how the fuck could you leave a billion dollar corporation to this fucking child? Right. And we want him out of here. So their whole thing is like trying to find a way to get him off the board because he owns 51 percent of the company, just enough to be the majority. Mm-hmm. And um, the old British dude, he's played in a bunch of stuff. He was a rock star. Uh, he was in Harry Potter. He played the uh, Wormtail in Harry Potter. Good actor. Yeah. Um, he plays his lo- the lawyer and his dad's like oldest friend. And he's they're at, they're at his birthday party, which even the birthday party felt like a Tom Cruise birthday party. It like, did, of did. course, you own a fucking apartment in your mansion that you just go to <laughs> hang out in to get away from your rich, famous friends. Um, fun but, fact. Uh, did you see the wild Spielberg? Yeah, I did, I did. I did. Yeah. So there's a it fun actual fucking Spielberg too. Yeah. Like, I was um, like, hey, so he was a son of a bitch. And right. I was like, what? He was uh, a fun fact is he was actually on set talking to somebody about something and they were just like, you should get in there. Get in the scene. <laughs> so I pushed him in the scene. Like, that's the only reason he's there. That's awesome. <laughs> but dude, that, like, that just speaks volumes. Like, even if you don't fuck with Tom Cruise, it's still badass story. Like, right. Yeah. Like, I just had Steven Spielberg just get in my movie. Yeah. Like, no pay unscripted credit just get in there steven right i wonder did they they had to have made a movie together right oh minority report oh yeah yeah okay that's actually a pretty good one too I fucking love my that's probably like the last movie i saw of his that i actually gave a fuck about i have that shit on steelbook because i love that movie when i was younger and i saw war of the worlds i think seeing it on the big screen 
I thought it was a lot better, but when I got the movie on DVD later on, I tried watching it, and I was like, how the fuck did I like this movie? Yeah, I seen it in theaters, and I fucking hated it. There's some people out there that love it, but if it's your cup of tea, more power to you, but I can't stand that movie. You can almost see Tom Cruise's acting. Like, I'm not trying to shit on anything. If you are a Scientologist or believe in that, you know, I'm not going to be that guy, but... You could almost see like where he started believing in that and just like stop giving a shit about his movies. Like is or I will say this, except for the Mission Impossibles, he still comes out for that's those. his bread and butter though. That, that's what I'm saying, and I haven't seen the last four of them. I own them all, yeah, but I haven't watched them. Uh, the last on one I saw, I can't it. remember exactly which one it is, but I really enjoyed it. Uh, three, the one with uh, that was with Philip Seymour Hoffman. Three yeah. is the best one yeah. out of my opinion, other than the original. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he was a fucking great villain. In that movie, hundred percent, yeah. Um, like I said, I haven't watched one since then because they got Ghost Protocol, Rogue Nation, fucking whatever. They're all good for what they are, right? It's like the same movie being made in different ways. Well, it's kind of like Fast and the Furious, but Tom Cruise is using his body instead of like cars. <laughs> yeah, like seriously, like the last one I watched the trailer for, he's flying a fucking helicopter, like chasing a semi truck, and they're he's going like backwards in the helicopter. I don't know, like it was like this looks fucking impossible. Yeah, <laughs> but you know he did the stunt on it, so yeah. it's like all right, well, fuck it, you know, gotta give him the you. All right. And then I remember one of them. It's like he's holding on to the side of a fucking plane. Barehanded, like get the fuck out of here, dude! (laughs) I actually did that. (laughs) Yeah, I've uh, been hanging on to planes for about twenty years, (laughs) dude. I fucking watched Tom Segura, and all I see is you now, bro. Like, I don't know why, dude. I take that as a compliment, but between you and and I, maybe it is the Burt Crusher like thing between that. But like, I feel like those are our like famous doppelgangers. Oh, uh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's what if our lives would went right, that's where if we had talent, that's what we'd be. I feel like we have talent, but some of that shit I feel is luck, bro. You, you think so? I mean? Yeah. I mean, especially with Burt Kreischer. Like, that dude had a show on National Geographic for or Discovery or whatever for 10 years. Mm-hmm. Did you fucking know about it? Because no. I didn't. And I love Burt Kreischer. But when you're best friends with fucking Tom Segura and... Uh, I think they just found their niche. And they're friends with the right people. Bill Burr. Bill yeah. Burr is the one that told Burt Kreischer to fucking... Him and Joe Rogan told Burt Kreischer to fucking do, do stand up. The- well, they told him to do the they, uh, machine you, on stage. Right, because he told the fucking story, and they were like, dude, that is the funniest shit I've ever heard. Like, why don't you do that as a stand-up thing? Yeah. And then he said that's what made him do it, but like, because Bill Burr was like, you should be a fucking podcaster. He's like, how much are your bills a month? Mm-hmm. He goes, well, there you go. That's all you need to fucking make. And he helped him out and like gave him like guest spots and shit yeah. like that, let him open for him and stuff. But right. like, so why Burt Kreischer is a very talented guy, like, I mean, having that network of people to help him, like, that's definitely putting him up there. Yeah, because I found out about Tom Segura because I watched his special Completely Normal, and I was just, he was the funniest comedian I've ever heard yeah. at that point. And him and Rogan and fucking Artie Shafir and all them are, like, best buds that have been hanging out that's for what I'm saying. 20 years. They rub, like, they rub elbows with the right, right people, so. And now even his, old, I mean, uh, Tom Segura's old ladies isn't even a comedian, and, and their podcast is like, when you pull up Spotify, which, by the way, I followed us on Spotify. <laughs> Because I, I didn't before. I don't know why I didn't. But I don't like about Spotify. They don't show you numbers. I don't know how many followers we have. What any of the episodes did numbers. You don't ever like, see that on podcasts. I mean, I see our numbers, but like people that would follow us and get downloads and stuff. Yeah, I don't see all that. That's crazy. I just see when people listen to us. So that's cool. Yeah. But uh, Vanilla Sky. Right, right, right. Vanilla Sky. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, he's a billionaire. Da, 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 and uh, Jason Lee's his best friend. And 
his thing is like always taking chicks from Jason Lee. It's like how I gathered, you know, because like I guess he wanted Cameron Diaz. And of course, Tom Cruise is like fucking her on the side. Like, yeah, it's his, it's his dream girl. And it's like Tom Cruise's fuck buddy. Right. Yeah. Like he, that's what he says. He yeah. even says it like, because of course, Jason Lee is playing like the friend that's happy for him, but not fucking happy for him. Like, right. He's always drunk and, you know, shit like that, making an ass out of himself. Yeah. But if you have a friend that's like always taking the hot girls and. If my friend's a billionaire, you can fuck whoever he wants, man. Just let me be there with you. Like, you know what I mean? Just let me be there for the ride. I'll take the sloppy seconds. Like, I'm not, I'm not picky, bro. Jason you know? Lee needs to like lower his standards. That hit the height of his career, bro. <laughs> he hasn't touched Tom Cruise's coattails, bro. Like, I don't know. I enjoy Jason Lee's acting in movies, but you know, I'm sure there's people out there that think Tom Cruise is way better. You know, right. And I mean, numbers don't lie, dude. <laughs> I think Tom Cruise makes blockbuster movies. That's just part of it. Jason Lee's kind of like an indie guy. You know, if you yeah. put him in a big budget, he's only in it for like five minutes. Yeah. Like, but Tom Cruise has never made me laugh like My Name is Earl, so. No, fuck no. Uh, My Name is Earl is like the best thing he's ever done. I like Stealing Harvard, which is probably the shittiest Jason Lee movie. Yeah. I like that funny, more than any Tom Cruise movie. <laughs> And I don't like Tom Green at all, but I love him in that fucking movie. Yeah, that's a very much how much Tom Green you need. It's just a little it's sprinkle. It's the perfect amount, bro. Yeah. They just sprinkle it on there right. like like a little fettuccine, dude. Yeah. They just sprinkle her in there. Perfect amount. And like, I don't know. I mean, obviously, he didn't write his jokes because his jokes aren't funny. But like whoever wrote for him, they get Tom Green's humor better than Tom Green knows his humor. Like, And, you know, like I figured like because I, I was following him on Instagram. Because I was like, holy shit, Tom Green's alive? Like, let's see what he's got going on. Because, like, I heard he does stand-up and shit. No, he lives in a van going across America. And I watched, like, he put, like, a five-minute clip of his newest stand-up up. And I was just like, oh, dude, you haven't got any funnier, like, at all. Like, you're not doing the dumb shit anymore. He's not for people like you. He's for people like me. I don't see. I don't think so, man, because I think your humor is very witty sometimes. Like, yeah, but I also love you can laugh at dumb shit, too. But I'm just saying, like, I, I never figured like you had to be spoon fed your comedy. And that's no, what I feel but like Tom Green is there is like a threshold of like, you know, highbrow, like witty, dry humor that I really enjoy. But then once you go lower, you get the medium range comedy that everyone's laughing at. And then if you go a little bit lower and then you get the shit post humor, that's the shit I like. The really dumb, like, uh, uh. Eric Andre, that yeah. dumb shit is stuff that I find funny too. So, I mean, I don't think Eric Andre is terrible or anything. Like, I think he's good at what he does, but I don't know. Shit like that, like with like Mr. Bean and stuff, like movies like where the guy is supposed to always fuck everything up, like that shit bothers me. <laughs> like, dude, just drink the water, you know? Like, and he's just fumbling the cup and he's spilling it and it just like bothers the shit out of me. Like, I think I got some kind of disorder or whatever but like <laughs> anyways so what i do love and uh it's probably one of my favorite things about this movie is uh he calls the board the seven dwarves right and i don't know why the fuck he calls them that he's not snow white doesn't really have a backstory for it other than the fact that there's seven of them and they fucking hate him but I hope we get that successful in life that we have a board of old dudes that fucking hate us. And they're like, you know, you assholes make money, but like, you know, this is just not the way. And I'm just like, fuck you, old man. You seen the numbers? We're killing shit this week. Matter of fact, why the fuck is this guy in here? I don't like his face. 
You know, shit like that. Like, I hope we get a successful life that we get some seven dwarves. All right. That you get someone that's trying to help your career and you can just tell them to fuck off. Yeah. Like, bro, I don't <laughs> care if it's better. I want to do it this way. Yeah. Like that. That's the level of success I want for us. But um, I'll be that successful for you, Nick. You shouldn't say that. <laughs> but um, that and. uh, So he meets Jason Lee brings Penelope Cruz to his birthday. Fun fact, Penelope Cruz was in both these movies playing the same role. Playing the same role. Open your eyes, she was in it. Oh, oh. And this movie, she was the same chick. Uh, and she was in both of them. So this is kind of like a sequel for her. <laughs> right? They call it a remix. The director keeps referring it to it as a remix. It's not a whole reboot. Yeah. It's like a retelling. It's like the idea. I haven't seen it. I'm, I want to watch it, actually, so to check it out. But anyway, that's just a fun fact. That is cool. So he brings Penelope Cruz, and he's like, this chick's the one, man. Yeah, I just met her tonight, but I'm so in love with her. I fucking love her, dude. So, of course, Tom Cruise just swipes in there, dude. (laughs) Falls head over heels for her. Like you do. Takes takes her to to the little apartment, the little nook, and they talk all night and shit, and he doesn't even try to bang her. And, uh, oh, he turns down Cameron Diaz, who's ass naked in his room, by the way. Like, no mortal does that, except maybe Tom Cruise. Right. You, only Tom Cruise can turn down half-naked Cameron Diaz. Right. True story. <laughs> it didn't even feel believable in the movie. Like, he would have hit that shit and then went back to Penelope Cruz. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't know. Uh, and it also let me know that Tom Cruise couldn't be Batman. <laughs> he doesn't play the billion, the tortured billionaire very well enough. You know what I mean? He's and not I, torturing enough. I just think like like when people grade on how great your Batman is, like they like yeah, dude. But everybody can look cool in a fucking suit with CGI, bro. Like I judge Batman on how well you play Bruce Wayne. If your Bruce Wayne is interesting enough to keep me going till you get back in the suit, that's a good Batman. Yeah, but you need that voice. You need that Christian Bale like raspy. Yeah, Batman. I see. Like Pete Holmes ruined that shit for me, bro. <laughs> ruined it for me. Like, I have a hard time not laughing when he talks in the movie right. now, but his villains, the villains were wrote so well in those movies that it makes up for anything that, you know what I mean? But he's still one of my favorite Batmans. I uh, I was thinking of a new tagline for the podcast, and this is kind of like harping to it, is uh, we, review, we review movies, kind of. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we, we barely talked about this movie, because you keep getting off topic today. We, 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 we talk about the movie. Yeah. But, you know, we go off on our little patches. We'll right. come, I'll bring it back. You're bad today. Like, I, I don't know what it no, is. No, dude, I would tell you the episode I was bad at was fucking uh, Days of Thunder. I felt like I was real bad about that one. Like, I couldn't stay on that shit for nothing. <laughs> we kept we kept talking, breaking off into this. Or, like, we talk about a sponsor of the movie. And then I'm like, man, you know what's fucking great? Yeah, <laughs> like, right. we just kept going and going. But I will try to stay more focused on the topic at hand. Um, He falls in love with her. All that good shit. Well. He goes to leave her, leave the apartment. Well, something happens and they go to her place, don't they? Mm-hmm. And they t- stay there all night. And he's like, I love your life. Like, I just think your life is fantastic. And right. It's beautiful and all this and that. And uh, it's like a love at first sight kind of thing. Like they really like get each other's vibe and, you know, really appreciate each other. So. Right. So he goes to leave because he doesn't want to fuck it up. And uh, Kramer Diaz has stalked him. To this chick's house Right And he's about to go home And she's like You know you can't turn this shit down 
And then he gives Come on, that. Give me, let me give you a ride. And then he's like, give gives her that Tom Cruise look. Like, all right, bitch, I know where this is going. And then she gets in the car. He gets in the car. And then probably some of her best acting, too. Oh, 100%. Um, fun fact, the m- song that's playing in the car while this is all taking place is actually performed by Cameron Diaz, and it's an original song for this movie. You know, she's uh, this isn't the only movie she's sanctioned in, because, like, uh, in The Mask, she sings in that. That's her. Is it really? Yeah. I didn't know that. I did. That, that was, like, a, what, seven things you don't know about The Mask. I you know that. you always talk about True Lies, how that puts you in manhood. Like, fucking The Mask. Cameron oh, Diaz in The Mask has made me a man. It makes me wonder because her lips are so delicious looking in that movie. <laughs> like just so like, you know, puckered up, dude. And then like the older she gets, they kind of disappear. Now I feel like she doesn't have lips. Yeah, I guess she did get a little older and maybe lost some of the. But I've always had a thing for Cameron Diaz. Oh, me too. Yeah. Not just because she's hot, but I think she is funny. Yeah, she's one of the few. She's, she can go between. Like, I think she does humor well, and I think she does serious roles well, too. Yeah, so I completely agree. Like, Bad Teacher was fucking hilarious. I love that movie. Like, and I didn't think it was going to be that good at all. Same. I thought it was awful until someone's like, it's actually funny. The sweetest thing. Have you ever seen that with her and Christina yeah, yeah, Applegate? Yeah. I like that movie. It's stupid as shit, but I think it's um, hilarious. What's the one with Ben Stiller? Oh, uh. Something about Mary. Yes, that's a funny Fucking one too. Great movie. Yeah, she's great in any given Sunday. Mm-hmm. She plays the owner. You know, her dad dies and leaves her the team. And- yeah, she is a great actress, and this is one of those moments where she really shines through. Right, and uh, so she's losing her shit. She's like, I thought, "Do you know what love is?" Yeah, do you, David? <laughs> I don't think you do. And then she starts breaking it down, and he's like, "Do you love me?" And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, I fucking love you." Just like, chill the fuck out. And then she takes that bitch right off the bridge. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you think he's, you know, but she dies and then he, uh, he, uh, whatchamacallit, he gets the fucking face. He gets the face. <laughs> he gets his, he gets his, he gets the elephant man procedure. He gets his fugly face, I guess. Yeah. Which is another thing that's kind of like, even in 2002, let's just say three, whatever this 2001. Is, 2001, the year this movie's made, right? right? He's got unlimited money to fix his face. And they say, this is the best we can do. <laughs> you're Tony Stark buddy you're fucking Bruce Wayne buddy this is the best we can do for you bro and then the face they, the mask they give him right right they're like this is state of the art <laughs> I'm just like it looks like the fucking Michael Myers mask That's what I was but they were say. going for like a clearer look you know what I mean like an updated version yeah like if they it's made not it, like it forms to his face at all. It just sits in front of his face, and they're like, it looks natural. It's creepy as shit. <laughs> it's fuck- if anybody walked up to me with that mask, I would punch him in the face. Dude, because- I'm surprised they don't sell that shit during Halloween. Oh, 100%. Hey, maybe they do, and we're overlooking it. I mean, we need to bring the vanilla mask back. Dude, if anybody knows where to get a vanilla sky mask <laughs> and a wig that looks like Tom Cruise's hair, I will go get that bitch today. <laughs> because that shit would give you nightmares. Like, if I just knocked on your door and you opened it and I just standing out there with that fucking thing on, bro, you'd probably punch me. I, I would. Like, that, yeah. Uh, so, it, it brought me back in with the creepiness off the mask because he shows up to this nightclub with this fucking thing on. And I'm like, oh, he's going to murder everybody or something. Like, yeah, something's going to happen. This just turned into a horror movie. You know what I mean? The creepiest part is when he wears it on the back of his head. Dude. Like, it freaks me out and I don't know why. And then he's got the limp. <laughs> The limp is what sells it, though, because it looks like it's making like a thing. Like, it's yeah, fucking... like when he's walking away and it's on the back of and his head. And they focus a lot on it, which yeah. I thought was good filmmaking. Like, I feels like, all right, director, I, I see you. I yeah. see you. I see what you're doing. Um, 
So he goes to the bar, and uh, of course, Penelope Cruz, being the beautiful soul that she is in this movie, she's just like, oh, I can't even tell. Like, you look great. And, and all that. And then Jason Lee's like, hey, man, like, I'm not going to fucking stand in your way. Like, you're going to take this one from me, too. And, and all that shit. Well, this is where it gets back to the, like, do you feel bad for the billionaire? Because, of course, he starts feeling like shit because he thinks people are looking at him wrong. Right. It, it's This face was his whole his whole thing. Like, it, besides his money, all he had was his face. Like, he literally only cared about how he looked right. and like that. But So he gets shit-faced, and they're leaving the bar, and uh, Penelope Cruz... He like, pisses her off, right. and then he pisses Jason Lee off, and then he thinks Jason Lee is going to fuck her, so he chases after her in the direction she went, mm-hmm. and then he falls down or whatever, and then he just gives up on life. This is a very important part of the movie. It is, uh, so, because this is where it goes from being a movie that you're like, okay, to like, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. To plot-wise, for me anyways, I don't know. Right. I didn't, I don't know. Like I said, it just like, I guess it could have worked, but I don't know. I just felt like it didn't, it didn't work for me. Okay. So we're going to spoil the ending because from here on out, it's hard it's to talk hard about to the talk, rest of the yeah, movie. Yeah, without doing it. Yeah. So he paid for total recall. <laughs> yeah. He paid total recall. Right. And he's supposed to live out the rest of his life in this fucking vacation with Penelope Cruz. And he's. It's his, it's he, his, um, what do you call it? His, um. Subconscious, yeah, like it's a yeah, that's exactly what it's called. It's the fucking total recall. <laughs> You're a fucking secret agent on your own badass island or whatever you want to be. And he your wanted, own oasis, that's what I was trying to say. And he wanted her. Right. That was his life. That was like his perfect life after just meeting her for one day or whatever. So which that's another thing that pissed me off, bro. Why does the billionaire need a vacation from his life, bro? You know what I mean? Like that that makes no fucking sense to well, me. Well, he can't get his life back on track, so he goes to this company to I thought of it as a spotless mind more so. Right. Cuz what the spotless mind do is they like erase memories that you don't want to have, but this one is doing the opposite, is making new memories from your subconscious. It kind of reminded me of Repo Man a little bit. Why? Because when a Repo Man when you couldn't pay to get your organ, they'd pull it out and instead of killing you, they would try to use whatever parts you had left that were good. So they'd plug you in your plug, your fucking brain in to where you think that you're living this great life, but really you're just fucking drooling on Is yourself. Is this a new one that just came out not too long ago? It's the one with Jude law. And, uh, yeah. So it came out not too long ago. I've never seen that. I uh, only saw the, uh, the opera bullshit. I love that movie. Yeah, you would. You fuck off. I love you would fucking <laughs> repo man. The genetic opera. Yeah. When your fucking wife was like, would you watch that? I'm like, absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. Have you seen it? A bit enough of it. <laughs> I love how you're just trying to get out of it. Like, yes, I've seen it, Greg. Don't need to cover that one on the podcast. I mean, <laughs> if I've really fucked you over, I would I would take that one on the chin. But right. like, I ain't giving you a movie that bad in a minute. So <laughs> we'll put that off for you can put that in your uh you can put that in the death box. Yeah. <laughs> I love that movie. It's not death box worthy. So the reason I said this was an important part of the movie. Is when he passes out, this is where the company picks up and he enters his subconscious. And um, whenever Penelope Cruz was in his house, he showed her a painting, the Vanilla Sky painting. Uh-huh. That sky is what's in the sky whenever he wakes up. Right. That's where the title of the movie comes from. Yeah. So this is his dream state. This is when the movie gets interesting 
it does pick up a little bit because he's with her and it shows like them having this great little life and this right. great little time and he falls in love with her. And then all of a sudden she turns into Cameron Diaz. Yeah. And he blacks out or whatever. Or he's in, he wakes up in jail and he's like, what the fuck? You know, they're like, you beat that girl. You beat that girl. Yeah, you killed death. her. Yeah. Like, and uh, no, she's still alive. I thought. Well, remember. Right. He He's on trial for murder. Right, 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 right. Yeah, that's right in his mind. Yeah. That's crazy, yeah. Yeah. Anyways, and that's where Kurt Russell comes in because they sprinkle him in throughout the movie. Yeah, we're kind of telling it a little out of order, but um, but yeah, this is when he's talking to Kurt Russell and Kurt Russell's trying to get the truth. He doesn't think he did anything wrong. Tom Cruise doesn't think he did anything wrong, so. But that's also what you find out later. It's because Tom Cruise imagined it made him up in his mind. As like a way to like fight for him or whatever, you know, like for somebody like in his corner. Mm-hmm. It was like his mind's way of like giving him an ally. Kurt Russell was supposed to be his like father figure. Or his conscious or whatever. Yeah. yeah. But uh so anyways, he uh where were we at? He oh, wakes yeah, the, up yeah. in the Penelope Cruz and Cameron Diaz. He's he starts uh having sex with Penelope and then she turns into Cameron halfway through it and she's like, Yeah, that's it. Harder or whatever. Well, he ends up strangling her to death. Right. Oh no, she he puts the pillow. It's a really crazy, strong like scene, you know? Like Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, like, anytime she's you... not fighting, like trying to fuck him, hit him or nothing. She's just touching his face. Which oh, that's just... the part that got me is whenever she was, was like so about to die. Up, like... Yeah, when she was about to die, she knew she just wanted like one last touch of his face before she died. Like that shit hit me deep. Yeah, I was just like, bro, like that's some real fucking love right there. You know, like yeah. she didn't even fight. Like you're killing me and I'm not going to stop you. Like, right. If what? this is what you want. Right. Like. <laughs> Nobody will ever love me that much, right? Like, you <laughs> right. know what I'm saying? So she moves, he moves the pillow, and but he finds something. It's Penelope Cruz. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's like, I did it. He's like, I fucking killed her or whatever. And then uh, that's when... Uh, that's when he sees the uh, commercial on the TV for the place, and then him and keeps, Kurt Russell. Because he keeps saying the same shit like over and over right. again. So Kurt Russell, oh yeah, Michael Shannon, bro. Michael <laughs> Shannon plays a fucking prison guard in this one. Yeah, that's like I said, bro. It's just stars on stars. He doesn't. He stars. doesn't really talk, but like his presence is. He's got a couple lines, yeah, like enough, said, yeah. but he's not like a big timer in the. In the movie Definitely world. not. It's one of those funny things that you don't know about them because they're not big yet, right? And then they get big, and then you go back and watch some of their older movies. You're like, fucking Michael Shannon. <laughs> I love shit like that. Like yeah. when I watch a movie, I haven't seen it forever. I'm like, holy fuck, there's what's his face. Or right. like, even with newer people, you'll see it. Like, uh, I don't know, but anyways, my favorite cameo was in Darty Darko. Uh, fucking, what's his name? Curly haired Jew, funny guy. Oh, uh, Zach and Mary make a porno. Oh, Zach Rogan. Seth yeah, Rogen. Seth Rogen, yeah. Yeah, he was in uh he was in Donnie Darko. Was it? He plays oh, yeah, one of the bully like, guys. Yeah, yeah. That was one of my favorite cameos. I love him in fanboys. He plays like two parts in that. He plays a Star Trek geek and he also plays like a pimp <laughs> with Star Wars tattoos. It's hilarious. That's an unknown comedy. Like if you have not seen fanboys, it's fucking hilarious. It's underrated. To, to take uh to take one of my boy Greg's quotes here, it's highly recommended. Yeah, it's a high recommendation from from the park. That's one of those movies that nobody fucking talks about, but it's fucking hilarious. I ended up seeing that movie like on Cinemax one day. Yeah, and I was just saw like a couple of the people. And I was like, "Huh, oh, this looks interesting." Right, and then they were talking about Star Wars, so you knew I was in at that point. <laughs> but uh, 
But yeah, so yeah, I I, I love that movie though. Yeah, I think same. It's hilarious. It is hilarious, and it's got a bunch of cameos in it too. Mm-hmm. It's a big timer. I don't know how it didn't do better. You know what's crazy though is they get to use like all the actual characters' names, and they break in and they actually go to like a Skywalker ranch and shit. Like, how did like George Lucas not sue the fuck out of these people? Right. Like he had to have given it his blessing, like they're because they're literally Star Wars porn like everywhere. Like, you know what I mean? Even his fucking van has like cool shit painted on the side of it. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's probably like good friends with George Lucas. He's like, Yeah, I get some drunk one day. He's like, I wanna make this funny comedy, but I'm gonna use Star Wars. George is like fucking hilarious, do it. I just made three shitty prequels. I really don't care. Don't like, care. You do whatever you want. Don't make any toys. And that's kind of I like- get all the rights to your toys. <laughs> And it's kind of one of the best parts of the movies because right before he sits down to watch, he's like, wait, what if it sucks? <laughs> and then it cuts out, dude. It's fucking great. Like I said, if you haven't seen it, go see it. But Definitely. Back, back to Vanilla Sky. Yeah. So Tom Cruise uh, sees the commercial on Michael Shannon's TV and he's yelling for Kurt Russell. And this was another thing. Like, first of all, this guy's on trial for fucking murder. Yeah. Definite flight risk. He's got the money to disappear. And they just let him out of jail like he's going on a field trip. Right. He's not even cuffed. None of that shit. <laughs> like, Kurt Russell, he, they didn't even take him out of his fucking prison clothes. At least he saw his mask. Right. And he comes out of the office or whatever. Or he goes into the office and he's like, what this fucking bullshit and this and that. And she's like, you, you wanted it, but you didn't end up doing it or whatever or something like that. And he runs out to the lobby and now there's nobody. Mm-hmm. In the same lobby, they come in and there's like th- hundreds of people in there. Right. And an elevator opens on the other side of the lobby, and the dude that you see a couple times throughout the movie. Yeah, he kind of introduces, tries to introduce himself, but Tom Cruise like shuts, shows him up. Yeah. And he's like, I'm the designer. I made your, your dream state. Right. And uh, he's like, What? He's like, This is all in your mind. He goes, This is what I told you. He goes, You control all of this. He goes, that's what I designed this for. But uh, I guess from Tom Cruise feeling so guilty about Cameron Diaz dying that he put her face in Penelope Cruz's memories or whatever, and that's why he kept seeing her. Well, they fucked up the software or whatever. He's like, you're not on trial. He's like, you didn't kill anybody. Like, you know, the, the, like she she died in an accident. Like, it wasn't your fault or whatever. And, you know, he just can't figure it out. And he's like, you have two options. He's like, you could jump off this building and wake up or you could stay here and rewrite your or I can fix it and you'll go back to thinking nothing ever happened, you know? Right. Yeah, and, you can uh, stay in your dream state or you can wake up from it. And Kurt Russell's like, you know, trying, he's like, he's a figment of your imagination. He's going to tell you he's real because you made him. And and it's like I said, uh, you do all that. Well, he jumps off the building. Right. Then the movie ends. No, it does not. Oh, no, he does. He comes back, doesn't he? he his eyes open. And I don't remember which ending it is, but uh, it says... It's the theater. Theatrical cut, yeah. theatrical cut where she's like, wake up. It's time to wake up or something like that. Yeah. And then the movie ends. Because it's a very, very crucial point. The reason I let you get through the movie so quickly is because I just want to, like, disembowel this movie. And I want to know what you think. So... I don't remember all of them, so I'm probably going to forget a couple. The twist fucking saved any value of watching it for me. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Which is like, surprising because I expected you to be like, what well, you the know fuck? I love, you know I love Total Recall. Like, 
So, like, the fact that he totally recalled himself, I didn't mind that. I was like, you know what? If it saves this fucking thing, fuck it. Go ahead. Totally recall yourself. Then I'm going to let you, like, kind of, like, explain your thoughts on the movie. So, he was in a dream state. You know, he was the architect. He decided to wake up from it. So, he's waking up in the real world. What is he waking up from? They put him (laughs) under, though. Under what? Like, in the coma or whatever. From? He signed up for it. Yeah, but where is he at when he signed up for it? In like in the real state. There's different interpretations of the movie. That's why I'm asking you because I'm curious I, what your I, interpretation is. I assume is. that it was him in in the building, like whatever like place they put him under the sleep or whatever. I assume that he woke up like back there. Okay, so he got into the car accident. That happened in real life. We know that for a fact right. because his face gets mutilated. Cameron Diaz dies, but between that crash and when he wakes up like there's a part where he went to this place to be put under right so like okay i'll give you some of my interpretations when he got into the car accident that's what it was it was because when he came out of it he was trying to still fight for his company and all that but then they tried to paint him as he was going crazy and because he was getting drunk and all that shit, and he made an ass out of himself. So I think that's why he went because he was like, I can't handle this shit anymore. Like, make it better. And then that's what they. Oh, so they put him under because he didn't want to deal with life anymore? Exactly. And like, that's probably what pissed me off the most was like, I get it that like they say money can't buy your happiness. But like, if you've never had that, like, how the fuck would you know? Right. Give me a billion dollars. <laughs> Might be the <laughs> happiest motherfucker in the history of Earth. Well, we let don't me know. find out. We don't know. You know? <laughs> What if he, uh, but what I did think was cool and powerful was the fact that in his dream, my, like his perfect life had nothing to do with money. Yeah. Like him and her just, you know what I mean? Like right. that's all he wanted. Well, was love. it's the, it's the kind of thing like Genuine when you have love. the money, you don't think about having the money. We only think about rich people because we're not rich. But if we had that kind of money, we wouldn't think about being rich. That's just kind of like part of our life. Um, what if he went to go have plastic surgery on his face and they were putting him under and this was his like dream state during the procedure? That's true. I didn't think and he about was waking that. up from the procedure. That's dope. I didn't think about that. Yeah, that's true. What if during the car accident, he actually was put in a coma and he's waking up from that coma right now? Like he doesn't know what his life is after that car accident. Oh, yeah. He Tony Soprano did. Yeah. I mean, it's all possible. Yeah, that's why I love these, like, different interpretations. And the director won't give a direct... He's like, whatever you think is... He's like, I want you to run with that. Whatever's keeping you thinking about this movie... Yeah. Just keep thinking that. My favorite... My absolute favorite interpretation of this movie... So, Jason Lee, what does he do for a living? Uh, They talk about it in the movie. Yeah, I know. He's like, I gave you money to... Write a book. Right. He's a oh, he's a financier or whatever, right? Like a so Jason like a, Lee is a writer. He's an author. Oh, right, and he right, gave right, him right, money right, to right. write a book. But yeah, this is yeah, the yeah. only time this is mentioned in the whole movie. And the thing I love about stories is like you don't bring th- something up unless it means something in the movie. That's why I love this interpretation so much. So the interpretation is Jason Lee's a writer. But Jason Lee's also like the backseat friend of Tom Cruise. And Tom Cruise is the one that's always like taking his chicks, like 
Penelope Cruz. He took like the girl that he thought he was in love with. So Jason Lee's book is actually about Tom Cruise's life and him getting in this car accident and having to struggle with being so ugly. The deformity. So you think. So it's actually a book that Jason Lee wrote about Tom Cruise's life. So it's all taking place in Jason Lee's mind. Book. Yeah. I, I, I like that interpretation a lot. That is cool. It, it's a it's a bit of a stretch. It doesn't really work when you break it down, but I just love the idea of it. I just remember thinking when I saw Jason Lee in this movie, like two things. One, boom, his hair, fantastic. Two, beard, always on point, bro. Right. He's like prime Jason Lee in this movie. <sighs> Tell it, bro. And that's the part that I didn't believe is he's like the the backseat friend that's always getting like sloppy seconds. And I'm like, Jason Lee's not a bad looking dude. Yeah, but <laughs> and he's, he's not Tom Cruise, though. And in the movie, he's not playing a, a rich guy. Like, well, I guess he's not broke, but like, I don't know. Because it doesn't really say if he's like poor or anything. Like, he's still in these nice ass parties, but I'm assuming it's because it's because of Tom Cruise. Right. And, and, the, and that's why I said Tom Cruise even said like he finances his he's financing his book. Right. But I mean, he owns a publishing company. So for a billionaire that owns a publishing company, like I would give everyone of my friends a book deal. You fucking write a book on anything, bro. I don't give a shit. Right. Like, whatever. If you sell a copy, cool. <laughs> There's not, a couple more, a couple more interpretations of this movie that I, right, I don't remember. But what I really, ones. what I tried to, what it confused me more than anything was like the difference between the theatrical and, and the director's cut was like why was that Kurt Russell scene like why was that the only difference you know what I mean like yeah it I really thought... did the same thing but the 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 puppeteer guy like he didn't have visual spiel like instead of him doing it it was Kurt Russell kind of like breaking it down for him yeah that's why that's why when I looked I think it's a little misleading saying like alternate ending right. instead of saying like something different alternate ending really means like like nothing uh, that happened in the one i saw happened in this one like butterfly effect exactly like exactly. that's an that alternate is a perfect alternate ending to yeah. use bro and choked himself in the umbilical cord in the womb bro. how did you not use that as the theatrical release you fucking uh you ruined that movie but because once i saw the director's cut of that movie i'm like this is the only version that matters it it was a lot more depressing yeah, exactly. It's already a depressing fucking movie. Dude. Right. But the theatrical cut, he goes back and says, stay away from me as like a fucking six year old. Like that was so well, if you told us, underwhelming. If you told one of your friends at six years old that if they ever talked to you again, you'd murder them and their entire family. Yeah, right. It's going <laughs> to scar a kid, especially a little girl. I guess, but her. it was such a just the umbilical cord scene with spoilers. <laughs> and then like he sees her on the street years later. He had a good beard in that one, too. Yeah, gotcha. I did. probably, like, one of the I, only ones. I like that movie a lot. Um, Ethan Soupley's great in that movie. He is. That's fat Soupley, too. Yeah. I mean, Soupley now would definitely kick my ass just right. as much, as, if not more, than Big Soupley. <laughs> but my favorite part with him in that is when he breaks that fucking pool stick. <laughs> I love him in that movie. It smells like sex in here. Yeah, Thumper gets busy. <laughs> just a sexaholic, which is how I pictured like even at his biggest he's just crushing pussy he's just this fat fuck he's just laying on the bed and she's just riding the shit out of him that's the only way you can do it crazy goth bitch in that one too uh Uh, fun facts the scene with tom cruise alone in the Times square is not computer enhanced the producer was given unprecedented permission to shut down Times square for one sunday at the time 
The news ticker was providing updates on George W. Bush, Al Gore election to avoid dating the film. Crowd got permission to change the NASDAQ sign to post-production. That's crazy. So he was actually running in Times Square, which is fucking nuts that they actually did that. Dude. But another fun fact, uh, the movie playing in Times Square when he's running is actually a Twilight Zone episode. How much fucking pool did this director have? Who just shuts down Times Square? Right. Like, I don't know anybody. I don't even know if Scorsese could do that. Like, yeah. Like, he was in, had his hands in somebody's pockets. That's crazy. Oh, yeah. Kurt Russell decide, uh, wanted to do the script without reading it. Wanted to do the movie without reading the script. Because Tom Cruise asked, because he wanted to work with Tom Cruise. So Tom Cruise like, hey, I'm doing this movie. And he's like, yep, I'll do it. Yeah, I don't think they've been in anything other than this together. I don't think so either. Nobody's. Budget. Sixty million. Sixty eight. That was pretty good. But it actually grossed like two hundred and three million dollars. So it actually made its money back and then some. So but it was not like you said, it was not a commercial success. Like people did not like this movie when it came out. Like my friends liked it. They're like, if you see Vanilla Sky, you gotta watch Vanilla Sky. That's what I said. That's why I felt like when you said that about Days of Thunder, that's what it came to my mind first. Was like, you know, this movie should on paper be great. You yeah. know what I mean? The cast and, and everything. But I don't know. I maybe they were. I don't know. Just it just. I think a lot of it for me was just because I don't enjoy Tom Cruise. So like I felt like I was critiquing his acting more than I was. You know what I mean? Right. I don't. I don't know. And then like I said, it's just like you're, what are we feeling bad for? A billionaire, you know? With, <laughs> you're with, really hanging on the billionaire shit. Man. I don't know, man. Like, it's just really vain. Well, let's you know go back to the, the the struggle between Penelope Cruz and Cameron Diaz, because I had a lot of thoughts there. Like, Cameron Diaz was his fuck buddy, but he falls in love with this girl. But in his subconscious, she keeps turning into Cameron Diaz. What is that about? I figured it was, it was his guilt, because, like, Cameron Diaz, I kind of felt like, was the... Uh, was the uh, stalker well it was the representation of all the women he had tossed aside like fucking like another possession okay you know what i mean because every the first two scenes he's in two different cars yeah. and the one in his mind where he's dreaming he pulls out that badass old school ferrari which you never see it again in the movie <laughs> i always wondered if that had to do with something like well, they used it for this one scene and then nothing else like we couldn't afford to drive this car again <laughs> And then the next day he comes out in the fucking Shelby. So I'm like, damn, that's an expensive ass car too. Um, but that's how I kind of looked at it. Like he didn't value people in his life. Like he didn't value his friendship with Jason Lee. Right. He used him. And then he thought because he gave him a book deal, like, look, dude, I do stuff for you. Like, I, I'm a good guy. I help you out. But if whatever I decide to take a shit on you or take somebody, take a bitch from you, like that's just how it's going to go. All right. Just remember I did shit for you. So exactly. this is okay. I'm Batman. You're Robin. Don't forget that shit. Right. You know? And, Cameron Diaz I mean she was a little promiscuous but I felt like you know like she obviously loved the shit out of him mm -hmm. so I don't know I just kind of felt like I didn't like his character to begin with yeah and the only thought I thought was cool about it was the fact that he was kind of like fuck you to the people because they didn't want him to run the company I like that aspect of it that he was the the boy king yeah. you know and the, like, I like shit like that where they're rooting for him to fail and he's just being successful like Frank Sinatra said, like the best six, the best revenge is success. Right. You know, and 
I like that shit. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think I like movies about gangsters and drug lords and shit like that. Because you take people that are down here and they ain't supposed to be anything. And whether it's cutthroat business, whatever they got to do, they get to that spot. Mm-hmm. And then you see that, 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 uh, that arc, like what they were willing to go through to get there. Right. That's why I like city of God so much, man, because like those kids did anything and everything just to survive. You know, and then what's his name took over the whole fucking hood. I mean, he lost his soul to do it. Right. I don't know. I I like shit like that. Right. So that's probably one of the aspects of the movie I liked. I do. I do think you're onto something, though. I do like the idea of like him not appreciating Cameron Diaz. And then he actually does find happiness in someone else. But he's like overridden with guilt from Cameron Diaz. And it won't let him be happy with this new girl because of what he did with the past girl. Her scene in the car right before she takes it off the bridge or whatever. That's the best scene in the movie. Yeah, 100%. Like. Yeah. And uh, it's like I said, that's some of her best acting. Like I thought that was like at that point in the movie, I'm like, oh, man, this shit might be good after all. Like, <laughs> it does I'm, do a good job at setting it up like a normal movie until the crash. And then yeah. it kind of like unhinges. Yeah. And I mean, it was different. I mean, it was a different way to get, get to where you're going. Right. I said, I didn't hate the movie by any means. That's surprising. I really expected you to, uh, like I said, I, like I said, I chunk up most of my dislike to this. Now I thought about this on the way over. If it's not Tom Cruise is the lead. If I put Tom Hardy in this role, how how do I feel about it? Right. Because we both know Tom Hardy would have took this shit to school. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. But this is one of those movies like it doesn't matter who the the script is so good that I don't care about the main actor. Like right. they're just there to drive the story. Well, that's why I felt about Days of Thunder, man. Yeah, that makes sense. Because I don't like Tom Cruise, but I like him in that movie because right. I like that character. Yeah. Like I like that speed demon, the guy that's like the underdog, like nobody's giving him a chance. Like, yeah. I like that shit. Which brings me to your next movie. <laughs> I'm going to find a sports movie that you love. And you this did one, Celtic Pride. We don't need to keep looking. Ah, see? <laughs> but this one is a, lo- is a rom-com. I should have put this on my guilty pleasures. I love this movie. Fever Pitch? It's a great movie, dude. Yeah. I do like Jerry, Drew Barrymore a lot. So. I love her. And I'm not a big Jimmy Fallon fan. But that's why I love this movie so much that this movie is so good that I like Jimmy Fallon in it. Really? And he was never my favorite cast member on like SNL or none of that shit. It's a good one. So this is what I'm doing next? This is what you're doing next. Oh, I thought I was doing... I was going to do Fresh, but like this movie was kind of depressing and like I need to get out of that mind space. (laughs) I got bad news today. I'm trying to turn around the frown. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) This is lighthearted. It's funny. Yeah. It's what I need (laughs) in my life right now, dude. (laughs) What do you give Vanilla Sky as far as a rating? I'm going to give Vanilla Sky. I thought about that too. I was thinking about a hard one as a, as a hard score, but I didn't want to be, I didn't want to give it a five because I didn't hate it that much. It wasn't like a take it or leave it, but uh, I'm going six, eight, six, eight. <laughs> you just had to put it right below a seven, huh? Right below a seven. It did. It do that to me. If it would have had like two more scenes that I felt were like great, then I would have gave it the seven. Yeah. But it just, it was, it was it like, one, quite it was one scene away from me, I guess, is what I'm saying. I give it a highly recommended. Yeah. I really enjoy this movie. I, I'm glad I re, I remembered this movie because I can, I almost completely forgot about it until you said Tom Cruise. And I'm like, isn't he in that movie that I liked a fucking years ago? 
So after rewatching it, I'm like, I'm so glad I bought this because I enjoy, I love this movie. Well, that's why I said six eight because a five I wouldn't recommend to anybody. Yeah, <sighs> your scale is so weird. But a seven, a seven, I would tell somebody like you know. <laughs> so you won't tell. <laughs> no, it's not even that. But like a six eight to me is like one of those things that like if you're into these type of movies, like like you like these type of movies, if that's your forte, yeah, is you like the the twists. You know, then this is definitely a movie you're going to love. Right. But if you're more of like, I like gotta love the actor, you know, then, then this is the one you're going to love. I see. If you don't like Tom Cruise, you're not going to like this movie. Probably not, but I don't like Tom Cruise and I like this movie. That's what I'm saying. That's why it's a good movie to you, yeah. but you like these type of movies. This is very true. I, you know me, I like my plot spoon fed to me. So <laughs> That's why I was surprised that you liked it because it, it leaves it very open ended. Because yeah. it's like open your eyes and it's like. It's, what what did I just watch? It's one of those things where it's just like shit, man. They could do two more of these if they wanted. Yeah. You know, I really do want to go back and watch the like original one because I heard it's a lot more like gritty and like. She's got such a banging body in this movie too. Like I think <laughs> Tom Cruise, like while he's doing these sex scenes with these women, he's like, "I'm gonna marry her. It's a great body. I'm gonna marry her. I'm gonna fuck her for real." <laughs> <laughs> I'm Tom Cruise. Damn it. <laughs> Hey man, I appreciate you getting me that girl. It's, what are you, it's Nicole Kidman, bro. She's in the movie with you. Yeah, bro. Thank you. Like, <laughs> you don't get to keep her. Does he think she gets to? We didn't buy her for the movie. <laughs> and then like you just fucking married her. Like hey, you coming home with me, Nicole? Right. Nobody. When you're Tom Cruise, you can just do that. Nobody told me. <laughs> and the same thing with Penelope Cruz. You know, Katie Holmes. Yep. He kidnaps these women. <laughs> he Tom Cruises them. You know what's crazy is like I think Tom Cruise is so rich and so petty that like if he heard this he would fucking find us. You think so? Yeah, and like not maybe not kick my ass right away, but he would like give me a lecture. Like that guy that squirted him in the face with that fucking water mic. Did you ever see that prank? I don't think I did. Oh my god, look that shit up on YouTube. This it's over in like Europe or some shit. He's at like Mission Impossible Four's premiere. Someone squirts him in the face with a. He gives him an interview. Holding a mic, but the mic's got a, a water gun in it. And right. he squirts Tom Cruise in the fucking face with this water. And Tom Cruise is like, what the fuck? And the big ass bodyguard that's with Tom Cruise is getting ready to body slam this fucking dude. And he's like, no, 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 no. So then uh, some bitch out of left field hands him a fucking towel. Like somebody just has a towel on. He hand. has a towel girl. Yeah. I mean, I get it. He's that rich. I right. That. He's that important. He has a towel girl. That, that makes sense. <laughs> but so you think this dude's going to get slammed on his neck because like, you know, he's pissed. But no, no, no. He gives this guy a fucking lecture before he gets his ass slammed on his neck. No, no, no. Listen. No, no, no. It's fine. It's fine. Don't let him go, but he's fine. And he like looks back at the dude. And he's like, hey, that is very rude. I'm giving you time out of my day. There's a hundred reporters. I decided to give you an interview and you did this to me. Shame on you. And then like gives him a look. And then you just see this dude get dragged the fuck out of screen. Like it's hilarious. <laughs> but it's just like, wow, Tom Cruise, bro. Like he's that petty. So, like, I feel like if you, he would show up on my front door and be like, hey, Nick, what's going on? Why are you this mad at me? <laughs> I'll make sure I ta- uh, tag it Tom Cruise so I he just, sees this. I just saw you talk about Days of Thunder. I loved making that movie. Yeah. I love that you love so it. I had so much friends. I still talk to Michael Rooker every day. You know? <laughs> I'm still good friends with Penelope Cruz. <laughs> I didn't kidnap any of these women. I made their lives better. <laughs> they don't have to make movies anymore because I made them that rich from divorcing me. I own Scientology. 
Like, I just see him being that guy. Like, he would just give me, like, a fucking, I'm sorry, Tom Cruise. I'm right. Like, I just, hope you learned your lesson. Uh, <laughs> I'm not bad. I'm just a little disappointed. Your bo- his bodyguard drops you on your neck. Right. And then, then Mohammed comes out of right field <laughs> right, and slams right. me on my fucking neck. Yeah. You get the lecture and the beat up at the same time. Yeah. Sorry, it's the TC special. Yeah. You get the talk and then the slam. Right. Now we can be friends again. Yeah. And then I would never see Tom Cruise again because it's Tom Cruise. Why would I see him again? Now don't let me hear. Because I'll be back. <laughs> you know? But that's that's how I see Tom Cruise in my head. Like he's very unhinged, and he's been rich and famous for a long time. Right. And I feel that way about all rich people, like super rich people. Like I feel like there's no doubt in my mind that Steven Spielberg is a weird motherfucker. Yeah. George Lucas probably a super weird motherfucker. I was gonna put something out there, but it's already out there. I don't need to reset it. Yeah. This is like a lot of like old school, like, and I know that like every like three months something comes out of the woodwork and somebody that we believed in as a child, yeah. like, you know, like we looked up to is like a terrible monster. Yeah. The same thing with Hanks. The thing is we're all terrible monsters. They just have enough money to be able to live there and hide monster. it for a long ass time and hide it. Yeah. If me and you did any of that shit Bill Cosby did. We'd be in prison today. Yeah. You There's know? no, no trial, but I didn't, I didn't sell jello pops. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so like I wasn't Mr. Huxable. Right. So it's different. Yeah, exactly. But I am glad. But that, you're a good person and you wouldn't do that in the first place. Well, would you, yeah, Nick? yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. Appreciate that. Yeah. I didn't think it had to be said, but yes, I would do not do not condone or would not do any of the things I just said. There you go. But uh, I don't know, man. I am glad that like people are starting to speak up. You know what I mean? That's what I saw the wife. Like, I feel that. If they did it. It sucks that he's getting released, but I feel that we're reaching a time that. If a woman is being abused, she feels more comfortable to come forward. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. If any of them feel like if it helped them to the point where like they don't want to suffer anymore and they're not going to let it get away with it anymore, then that's cool. But at the same time, I feel like, man, like if it really if it did happen to you, that's fucking terrible and something should be done about it. Yes. But don't Johnny Depp people. Yeah. You know, because that's the that's the part of the double edged sword is like. Because they villainized that man so fucking bad, dude. And now that, like, it's come out that he was innocent or whatever, like, now now it's like, oh, we're just going to forgive you. (laughs) Well, what the fuck? Y'all fucking put me on trial for fucking two years and took away my movies and I ain't going to be Captain Jack no more. I don't get to go see Disney anymore. That is a real problem because I've heard stories of women just coming forward of things that didn't actually happen just to make the man look like a villain. And that sucks, too. So everyone sucks. And as terrible as it is for something like that to happen to anybody, let alone women, you know what I mean? Like, right. But to make something like that up to ruin somebody's life is just as fucking bad. 100%. You know what I'm saying? But like I said, that, that, that's a shitty subject, but uh, I don't even know. How, but anyways, that, that, see, <laughs> I think people that haven't been rich that long, like they are fucked in the head. Yeah. Michael Jackson. Some like, of them are, but there's some good people out there. I, like saying. So. I feel like they're the ones we don't know about yet. Uh, Macaulay Culkin is actually pretty level-headed. He's pretty rich. I think Macaulay Culkin is probably... He's a seen, weird motherfucker, but like yeah. in the best way. Uh, but I think he's the most normal out of all of them. Yeah. If you look at time of being rich and was at that height of fame and not anymore, yeah. I feel like he's handled it the best, Yeah. personally. Yeah. He's not he, like Todd Bridges and them. He did go on his drunk bender, but he got clean. And now he's weird, but like uh, 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 an endearing weird. And not even that, but even when he was fucking up, he never fucked up financially. Like, he was still killing it monetarily. Right. You know what I mean? Like, hey, you got a DUI. Well, that's crazy. I own 16 fucking limos. I don't have to drive anyways. Like, okay. 
You know, shit like I love that, his little but... cameo. His like internet. I don't know if you ever see it, but he has like internet cameos. He'll just randomly pop up on a YouTube channel. I'm like, the fuck, Macaulay Culkin. I love Macaulay Culkin. I think uh, I think he's a character for sure. 100. percent I think a reality show. I want to go on a drug bender so I can be more like Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> like he was on Joe Rogan and he had that fucking ribbon on his jacket. And he's like, "What's that for?" He's like, "It's a participation award because I'm participating in life." Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's a very Macaulay Culkin thing to say, bro. Here like, on Red Letter Media, it was one of the funniest fucking things. So, uh, you don't watch them, do you? So they have an ongoing joke where they're like VCR repairmen. It's kind of their like shtick. So Macaulay Culkin comes in. He's like, hey, I'm to like inspect oh, you guys. I have seen that. And I he just on sits TikTok. on the side of the screen while they review this movie and never acknowledge him. And I fucking died laughing because that is the funniest bit I've ever seen. Well, I saw like, I don't know if it was like a behind the scenes or like an extra or whatever, but they were taking these stacks of VHSs. Oh, and doing like Django with them. Yeah, and it was like, oh, let's see what's on it. And it would be like a workout video from 83 or some shit like that. Yeah, he was like hanging out with them for like a month, I guess. I yeah. He probably lives there. I mean, probably. Was, I, that's the kind of way like to But uh, yeah, I, I, I do enjoy Macaulay. Like, I miss his acting, honestly. Like, but Izzy is good now. Like, I don't care. Like, I want to see him in some weird stuff. I think he would be great in like a show where like it's an exaggerated version of himself. Yeah. Like what we think Macaulay Culkin does on a daily basis. And then like you could run with that. Have shit. you seen Party Monster? Oh, yeah. That's where he plays like a like a drug addict or whatever. Doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. I've seen that one. Yeah. It's a weird movie. Too. It is. A fucking, I love that movie. It's a weird movie. Do you ever see that movie? Kids. That's a fucked up movie. No, but somebody talking about it in my group. Super depressing. Because I was talking about happiness, and I'm like, I really want this movie to get a re-release. They're like, it's probably not going to because of the, the content, bec- just like kids. And I yeah. was like, what's kids? It's a movie about kids getting AIDS. Wow. Yeah. Or the HIV or you know whatever. Right. It's, it's based in New York in the early 90s when like AIDS was on the rise because there was no like, yeah. you know, don't, don't fuck people raw, you know, shit like that. We didn't have commercials like that, I guess. Yeah. So uh, that's what it's about is teenagers in New York City just all fucking each other and giving each other that shit. Oh, fuck. Yeah. And like there's no parents. It's kind of like. Have you ever seen Precious? Yes. That's another super sad fucking movie. Yeah, it's it's just depressing to be depressing. Wow. But what's sad is like, you know, there are people out there that have gone through exactly that. It's based on a fucking true story. Oh, is it? Yeah. Yeah. That girl is still alive with HIV. That's crazy. It's fucking insane. So speaking of. Not being on downers. Or I see you got a couple of movies over there. Is there I anything do. you want to talk about? I do. Well, one is the, the shit I'm bringing back to you. Uh, Thank you. But uh, I can't I, wait to watch it again because I love it so much. I brought you this one, like I say, because like I felt like we needed to pick me up. So <laughs> enjoy this. It's lighthearted. That's fine. Should I get a good laugh out of it? And uh, I promised you this last week, but I forgot it. And I thought they were both Blu-ray, but uh, it's sealed. So <laughs> you're I was half right. Enjoy it. <laughs> Straight out of Compton. No, you want to know the shittiest part is, bro? I paid more for this fucking copy than I did the Blu-ray. I paid a dollar for the Blu-ray. I paid $3 for Why this. did you pay $3 for that? Because it was unopened and it was a brand new movie when I bought it. I guess $3 is still a good deal. Yeah, I mean, it's way fucking cheaper at Walmart. This is probably still 10 bucks at Walmart. Yeah, right you're, probably, you're all wrong. But thank you. I have been wanting that movie. I like it a lot. And like I said, I loved it so much in the theater that I was like, I'm buying that fucking movie. Yeah. But I wasn't going to pay 25 Like, I grew up on that kind of music, and it's cool to go back and see 
I how love, it all took I place. love NWA. Like, yeah. I liked NWA before this movie, but when I saw the trailer for it, I freaked the fuck out. Yeah, I was right. like, and the fact that Ice Cube's son was playing him, I was just like, man, this is going to be He so does such fun. a good job. He really but does. But I grew up on like Ice Cube, Snoop Dogg, Dr. Dre. Like, I grew up on that music. Like, I may not be into hip hop these days, but that shit is the shit I grew up on. Dude, when I was a kid, I thought Ice Cube was like one of the scariest motherfuckers ever. Right, like, now he plays like family movies. Dude, like... It wasn't until Friday came out that I started like being able to enjoy him. Like, uh, like he's a scary dude. Yeah, you know, like he just carries himself. Like, you know, I'll fuck you up. Right. Like, yeah. Don't let this money. Even on that, like, me. could you imagine on like those child movies? He's still like talking shit, gangsters, fuck behind scenes. Like, Some of them he kind of does. <laughs> like, you know, he's got the one part in the movie that he's got to look like a badass or right. whatever. But uh, no, I think Ice Cube is probably. I'm trying to think if there's anybody I enjoy more as an actor than a rapper, but I like him both. He he does do both really well because I was gonna say like Dr. Dre doesn't act. Um, well, I mean he's been in a couple movies, but, but, but he's not like he's not, like fantastic. a household name right. in the acting scene. No, Ice Cube. I feel like him and LL Cool J have taken it the farthest. Yeah, LL Cool J. That's a fucking. I love LL show. as an actor. I yeah. like him way more as an actor than I do as a rapper. I he's got some hits, but I'm just saying like. I think he's a great actor. Yeah. Uh, Deep, Deep Blue Sea. Yeah. <laughs> there it is. Well, I love Any Given Sunday. I was going to say Ice-T. I love Ice-T too, but he doesn't have great movies. He's got he's good in SVU, but he's not got great movies. Like, yeah, I guess you're not wrong. The best movie he was ever in was fucking 3,000 Miles to Graceland, bro. No. Tupac. Like, he might be dead, but he was one of the best actor slash rappers. Oh, yeah. His acting was really good. Like, I fucking love Juice. I know it's a great movie. I love. I even like gang related with him and Jim Belushi. Yeah, and it's not a great movie. It, like I, I was like surprised it. at how great of an actor he is. Poetic justice is good. Yeah, fucking above the rim, dude. Mm-hmm. I love that movie. Yeah, yeah. Tupac could act his ass off too yeah. for sure. Yeah. yeah, I didn't think about him because he didn't do so many movies. He didn't, but it, the ones he did do, he knocked it out of the park. He's kind of like Bruce Lee. Uh, he's like the Bruce Lee of rap. Like he could have done a lot better movie. Like he would have won an Oscar if he hadn't died. I, I think so. Like, I think so. Too. I think that's where his like he's he would have been the original. Like I'm done with the music. I'm just gonna be an actor now. Yeah. Like he's new. He would have been the first Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, I think so too. You know, he'd have been great. Except he was great at music. He didn't have to go to acting like Mark Wahlberg did. <laughs> did <laughs> Mark Wahlberg try? Yeah. Yeah, he was a rapper before he was an actor. Right. How I forgot crazy about that. that I never listened to it, but I don't want to. I got a couple of hauls. Nothing too big. Have you ever seen this? I love it. It's a good movie. Really? I've it's never seen it. It's Dark Blue with Kurt Russell. Um, recommended by Mick. It's based uh, on a true story. Is it really? I bought it at five bucks at FYE. I was like, it's a Blu-ray for five dollars. Like, Kurt Russell, I can't pass it up. So I'm pretty sure I own it. Oh, yeah. Not on Blu-ray, but I don't know. I'm kind of excited about that. And then I found this for $15. It's the new Scream um, Collector's Edition of Candyman, which I have not seen this since I was a kid. The new one, the re, the re, uh, the reboot, looks yeah. kind of cool. Does it? Yeah. It looks like they're kind of like, you know, sticking to the source. I might have to check it out. But yeah, like, this was only like $15, the Scream Collector's Edition. So that I was like... That guy's still alive. Like, I don't know why they didn't put him in the new one. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. Well, unless they were just trying to redo it. Probably. Kind of like, you know, everybody was shitting on that new Friday, the or not new Friday the 13th, but shitting on the new Freddy Krueger one. Right. With it is guy, shitty. With the guy that played Rorschach. I think that guy's a good actor, though. The guy did a great... Excuse me. The guy did a great, like, 
I liked his Freddy Krueger. It's I liked him being a little more serious than a, than you know he's trying to do something different. Right. But I fucking hate that movie. Yeah. Like, don't make him a child molester. <laughs> like, I never, that's I not never cool. watched it. But wasn't Robert oh. England's character like that too, though? No, in the original, he was never a child molester. I thought he was a child killer, like a that child was killer. The... But they made him a molester in this movie. Like he fucked kids, and I did not like. I that guess at all. I guess it was the eighties. They just implied it, or like wanted you to like. I never got that implication, but. Oh, I mean, I did. He only went after fucking kids. Yeah, a kid killer. <laughs> In their dreams. It's a harping back to what we were talking about. He fucking with the claw on the fucking like, come on, dude. Oh, this is literally what we talked about with uh, Adolf Hitler. Uh, <laughs> with the Jews. Oh, yeah. <coughs> well, no, because Hitler was a real person. <laughs> like, uh, I know, but I was. We're arguing uh, over a fictional character. Uh, so. But we were talking about what's worse, like fucking kids are killing them. And you're uh, like, you can kill them, but you don't have to fuck them. <laughs> You're already fucking like brutally in their <laughs> lives. Let's yeah. make it a little bit worse before yeah. they go. Like, yeah, we talked about it on one episode. That's why I don't. I do not like that. Right, right, Freddy right. Krueger. But um, no, but I, get, I did I like his that. darker take on it right. than you know the other one. Well, that guy has a cool ass like evil voice too. Like when he did Rorschach, I thought that was the best part of it was oh, when yeah. he would narrate Rorschach Journal, December thirteenth. 1985. I know we still need to do the Watchmen episode with Mike, but uh, yeah, yeah, we do. It's hard to get our schedules aligned. I actually went over there and hung out with him the other day. Did you? Yeah, that's cool. Did you like his new place? Did he show you his room? Yeah, dude's got so many fucking like collector movies. I'm so mad. He has like every Dark Knight trilogy collector's edition ever released. Steelbook. He's insane. Steelbooks, all of them. Nice. All nine yards. I finally got all of them on Blu-ray. Steve-O gave me Batman Begins on Blu-ray. <laughs> That was the only one I, I have the original like trilogy Blu-ray release of all three of them that my brother got me for Christmas or birthday or something like that. So I'm happy with that. Shit. At one time I had like four copies of the dark Knight. Like, really? I just kept buying it every time I saw it. It's hard not to. It's so good. It really is. But then I got upgraded to Blu-ray and I was just like, I don't need you anymore. I, I don't I know, know if I told you, I strictly them. like don't buy DVDs anymore. Like I've converted to Blu-ray. See, I was going to be like that, but I thought to myself, like, some movies just don't feel like they need to be on Blu-ray to me. You know what I mean? Like, I have all three hangovers on Blu-ray. Why? (laughs) Why? Like, they're they're funny. Fucking love the movies, but, like, they don't need to be on (laughs) Blu-ray. I totally meant to come out with you on Sunday. And it was like ten thirty, and I was like, "Fuck!" I was supposed to go with Nick to the fucking flea market. And I oh, you should have, dude. I got some good deals. Hit man. me up next time. Like, hey, I'm going to the flea market. You want to join me? Well, I'm off this Sunday, so if you want to go, I work. Oh, sorry. that's yeah. But the one there. after, I'll be off. So, because well, I have been wanting to go, I've been wanting to like since I'm in this new like collector's edition. I want to see if I can find some some diamonds in the rough. Yeah, I mean, I've found two steel books so far for a buck. Hell yeah. Well, I found three, but I didn't buy it because I already have it on Blu-ray. I have so many movies on their way to my house right now. Do you? Does the wife know? Yeah. When she finds out, it's probably a divorce. <laughs> no, she's definitely cut my fucking card now. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, nah, that, that was it. I wanted to give you straight out of Compton because I forgot it last week. Hell yeah. And uh, no, I, uh, I was going to give you Fresh. That was what I was going to give you last right. week. But uh it's a super fucking sad movie too. And I just felt like I wanted to break from the, you know, even if it's just for a week. I know. I'm not sure what I'm going to give you after that. I need to watch it first, but I've been wanting to give you a movie you've already seen. I just want to talk about it. Right. Yeah. What? Oh, devil's advocate. No, oh. 
Eternal Sunshine. I haven't seen it in so long. I can watch it again. Because we probably been, definitely need to. Watch we've it been again in this whole like dream state yeah. movie kick, or I have been anyway. That I feel Ladder. like it would fit right in with these movies that I've given you. Jacob's Ladder. I like Jacob's Ladder, I like Ladder more than I liked this one. Yeah. You know, Jacob's Ladder is a fucking ass trip of a movie. It really is, dude. I the re- whole fucking thing. Like, that's one of those movies that I appreciated it more after. Yeah. Like, I think I even told you that. Like, it was yeah, like, you turned it off and like, fuck Greg. And then you were like thinking about it. And you're like, it's actually a very good movie. It's not that bad. Like, yeah. it just makes you think. And then I love that you just watched it and you came over to talk about it and you couldn't remember some parts. Like, I love the aspect of that movie is it's just it feels like a dream. It really does. Uh, yeah. Like a fever, a dream. nightmare. Yeah. yeah. Because it is just like the scenes are just thrown at you. Right. No, there is another. Do you have Amazon Prime? I actually might give you a different movie. So there's a movie I came across called Lake Mungo. Have you seen it? Know what it's about? I might give that to you next because I want to see what you think about it, and I just want to talk about it. Alright, I'm down. But we'll see. We'll see how I feel about this movie and how bad I want to go. Right. <laughs> like I said, it's not a bad movie, and uh, it's a rom com with Drew Barrymore. Like I can't think of any rom com with Drew Barrymore that's bad. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I love Fifty First Dates. It's hilarious. I love 51st Dude, her and Adam Sandler, they can't make a bad movie together. I, I agree. They I, have so much great chemistry. I love The Wedding Singer. I love Fifty First Dates. And I even like Blended. I think Blended's funny as shit. I actually haven't seen that one. Oh, dude. I, I mean, I don't know if I'll put it on the list for you, but I got it if you want to borrow it. It's funny, but it's a, it's a cute movie. Yeah. It's it's like perfect Sandler and Barry Moore together. Right. Terry Crews is in it. It's funny. Oh, that's all I need. Yeah. Just put Terry Crews in everything and I'll watch it. Every comedy. He's got a Jerry curl. It's fucking great, dude. I fucking love Terry Crews. Dude, he makes Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I've never watched it. Dude, you would love that show, man. What it's, I? It's funny. I mean, it's a cop show, but that's like they're making fun of cop shows. Right. It's a it's a comedy cop show. But Andy Samberg is one of those people, like, I find him funny in small doses. Well, see, that's the thing. Like, he's the main character, but the, the supporting cast around him is good, too. Yeah. So you don't. You don't just focus on Sandberg. Like right. you, you find the things about Sandberg you like, and then the other people bring it together. It's a I good see. show. Terry Crews, the guy that plays the police captain, is really good. Uh, the bug-eyed guy from everything, he's funny in it. I'll have to check it out one day. It's on Netflix, I think, yeah. or Hulu, one of them. Yeah, but it just ended, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. Which I mean, for a comedy series on Fox like it lasted a while it did they canceled it and because the fans loved it so much they brought it back right because it was on uh, NBC or no it was on Fox they canceled Fox when Disney bought them or whatever and then NBC brought them back because NBC loves Andy Samberg yeah you gave us 10 years of gold on SNL we'll uh, we'll give you a show anytime I might have to check it check it out one day because yeah I haven't wanted to look into it but it's silly but it's funny (laughs) like there's one where I'm just gonna give you the intro. It's a basic little intro. It's uh, there. Uh, he's singing. A, there's a lineup, and he's like, "This is how I do all my lineups." And he's like, "You are," and then like number five, my five. <laughs> number three, the one. <laughs> number two, desire. And then the guys start getting into it, <laughs> and he's like, "Now number five. <laughs> I never want to hear you say. And then like, they finish and he's like, holy shit, that was awesome. Chills, literal chills. And then the girl's like, number five killed my brother. He's like, oh my God, I forgot we were doing that. <laughs> and then starts the show. It's 
fucking hilarious. That's the thing about comedy shows is you need one that opening scene like workaholics. It opens. Oh, they're yeah. like, let's see who can make the yeah. smallest face, and yeah. I'm like, you you hooked me. Like yeah. it's fucking funny. You just need that opening joke. I love those three guys together, man. A hundred percent. Like I know they're friends in real life, but like they're they like it's one of those shows that like if they weren't cool, like if they weren't friends, like it wouldn't work. No, their chemistry is just. But the fact ridiculous. that they all grew up together and they play so well off each other, it's like watching a new age, like Three Stooges almost, like yeah. a stoner Three Stooges. Right, they're that's a perfect way shit. of putting it too. Dude, that little dude, Adam Devine, I love that fucking guy. Yeah. When he he fucking... does make some shitty movies, but when he's with those two guys. When he almost got hung. <laughs> almost died. <laughs> it's all my life. I've done nothing. <laughs> Still fucking fall out every time I see that shit. <laughs> well, on great that show, note. Great show, guys. Yeah, check out Brooklyn Nine-Nine and uh, Workaholics. And on next time, we'll be talking about, what is it? Fever Catch. Fever or Fever catch. Pitch, sorry. Fever, fever Pitch. pitch. Fever <laughs> Catch. <laughs> no, there's another baseball movie. It's called Summer Catch with Freddie Prince Jr. Uh, I see. Like, if I was mad at you, that's the one I'd have gave you. Because oh, yeah. I own that, too. <laughs> I'm sure I'll get it eventually. Yeah, eventually. But next time, we'll talk about Fever Pitch. Hell yeah. Later. Later.